This is Double Exposure Show, co-hosted by Sophia Lemon and myself, Petro. Keep listening if you're a photographer, entrepreneur, or small business owner looking for actionable business and marketing advice and funny, off-topic rants. If you're not one of those, stop listening right now. Just kidding. Here we go. Because it's raining here and the likelihood that my internet's going to cut out or be super slow is reasonably high. (laughs) How does rain impact your internet speeds? I don't get it. I have wireless high speed because I live in the middle of nowhere. Still doesn't make sense. (laughs) If it storms, like I don't even know how it gets cut out, but it gets cut out. It's like saying my Wi-Fi is going to suffer because uh, it's raining outside. It's like exactly the same thing as far as I'm concerned. But I'm not an Well, expert. no, because there's no rain inside my house. <laughs> it's oh, just God. outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you've listened to, you know, 40 episodes ago or so, there was a roofer at uh, Sophia's house. Good news. <laughs> there's no longer rain in her house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so you hired an expert to do to do what they do. That's pretty interesting. I guess. Yeah. Well, okay. This is what you want to talk about. I was just going to say when we got started, like, what did I just say to you about editing the podcast? I don't remember. And you said, can you edit out? It's raining. I'm suffering from short-term memory loss. (laughs) Can you edit out my coughing is what you said. And I said, nope, don't have time. Can't do it. (laughs) Yeah. This is pretty much how I deal with photos, too. You know Wait, what, that's, that's not really what I want to talk about, but... Uh, Tell me I'll, what's new, Petro. I want to know what's new. Literally nothing. It's, okay. it's Every day is the same. It's a routine. I wake up. I do shit. <laughs> I chill. I eat. And yes. then at 9 a.m., I just do nothing. <laughs> well, then how come we don't record the podcast at 9 a.m.? I'm joking. I'm joking. Like, what the hell? Like, hands are full with me, yeah? We're going to have she, to become one of those podcasts where there's just babies cooing in the background so that you can, like, hold on to her. And we'll just record. It doesn't matter. Have People you heard like one of those? Up. Yes. Really? Yeah. Is a it a podcast about babies? No. Son of a bitch. Right? Like so it. the, the oh, gosh, I think it's the McElroy. Mm-hmm. The, the problem the is brothers, not... They have, like, three podcasts, and all three of the brothers have babies now, and... They have the babies on the podcast. That's Love just it. how it goes. And the problem is not with babies on the podcast as much as the fact that she won't sit still. Well, um, let's be realistic because photographers and small business owners have kids. Yeah. So this is the shit that you have to deal with. So if, for those of you that don't know, my wife works full time for Apple. And so she's gone right now. She's she's back to work. And, uh, and by that, Petro means she's gone for the day because she's currently working. <laughs> yeah. Not like she's out of the country gone. <laughs> no, no, no. She's she's gone for the next nine hours. Yeah. Uh, make it more like 10 hours because uh, the commute and yeah. walking to the car and all that crap. But yeah, 10 hours uh, away from the home. So 10 hours I'm on parent duty. And it never really bugged me before when people would say, are you babysitting your daughter? And I'm like, now it bugs the shit out of me. Assholes. Yeah. Like, no, I'm not babysitting her. I'm parenting, you know, like 
I'm doing stuff. Um, but it should, it really shouldn't bother you that much, but it, it does bother me because. What do you mean? Like it shouldn't bother me that people say, are you babysitting your daughter? But it bothers me. I guess it's cute, except that do people say that to women? Are you babysitting your daughter, Sophia? Yeah. <laughs> well, I am babysitting no. my cat. He's like my, my own mom said that when when Mia was, or rather when Hannah was going back to work, she said, "Oh, you're gonna have to stay home and babysit her." And I was, I just looked at her, and I think she got it. <laughs> I was like, uh, "Mom, that's awful." She has an excuse. She she doesn't speak English very well. So, <laughs> so to her, she doesn't even know what she's saying. But. <laughs> Um, no, there was, somebody brought it to my attention before that. If nobody brought it to my attention, I would have never cared. Cause I just, I was like, whatever, you're an ignorant bumpkin. I don't care. But <laughs> now I kind of think about it and I, and I think like you literally think that men are just sperm donors and babysitters, you know, like I'm a parent too. I make decisions. <laughs> my God. I am super impatient with kids i'm not gonna lie like i can't deal with the whining and stuff (laughs) like babies crying is one thing but like kids who can communicate their feelings whining constantly drives me absolutely bananas so i'm not an expert per se but i i will tell you this your children are a product of your environment yep just like your pets etc etc so when, when your cat's running around your feet and, and whining, you know, there's a reason for that. Uh, my cats do not whine. It's not true. Before we hit record, your cat was whining <laughs> in the background. No, he wasn't. He was playing hide and seek. He was behind the curtain. <laughs> Fair enough. But your kid's communicating to you. It's, it's, all, it's all how you handle it, right? Like We should be clear, since we may have new listeners right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do not have kids. Sophia does not have children. No. That she knows about. Uh, true. <laughs> I have, uh, am fairly certain that I have never blacked out for nine months. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't have any kids. But, like, I have friends with kids. And I've kind of gotten to the point where if they're acting like little brats around me, I just say, what is the problem? <laughs> like, they're use your words. Kids. What's the problem? They're not just being kids. No, You're right. No. It's their kids are a product of their environment. Yep, and absolutely. I have I they have really do have a problem with kids being super whiny, which is funny because it's not really an issue I run into um, at photo shoots. People always say that their kids are going to be awful. Like, oh, my kids like can't focus. I'm like, no shit. Kids can only focus for about 20 minutes. Like, I understand mm-hmm. that. And when we do photos, we're only going to take posed photos for about 20 minutes and then it's like we'll just fly by the seat of our pants but the parents are usually the problem at photo shoots but I do have like some kids in my life who are oh my gosh I can't even handle it like why are you whining there's no reason to be whining stop it stop it (laughs) it's all it's all how you approach it so if you don't make uh, time to take photos of your kids and show them and share with them like oh look you look good here like people might disagree with me but if you start talking to your children uh it, not like adults but with the idea that they can comprehend what you're saying yeah it'll go but... a long way so 
Um, by the way, this is not a, a child raising podcast for you <laughs> listeners out there, but <laughs> this episode is going to turn into the no, God no, the kids episode. <laughs> far from it. But um, if you if you take the time and explain to them, um, you know what you're looking at, uh, why you pose, why you have to stay still. Um, they'll retain little nuggets of that. And each time you do it, it'll be better and better because I have some children who love posing for photos. And these are the kids of photographer parents, you know, people who yeah. share with them and show them, oh, look, you look good here, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I photographed a small family. When I say small family, I just mean two kids and mom and dad uh, a couple of weeks ago. And the the son who's three years old just kept hiding behind dad's leg <laughs> and dad didn't do anything about it i'm not talking about you know spanking him over his knee i'm talking about he just said oh he's shy yeah so pull him out and give him a hug like <sighs> he's shy because you let him be shy for three years yeah because you never educated him, you know. And or I'm not because saying that you thought you have it was to. cute at one point. At one point, he hid behind your leg, and you were like, "Oh, it's so cute! Yeah. Look how shy he is! Oh, great!" Well, the thing is, you you have to give him time. You have to be patient. And we did get one photo. Like he, it took a while. It took maybe eight times of me asking, and doing, and showing the kid what to do. But eventually, he did kind of do what I asked him to do, yeah. and because he noted because he noticed that. Well, and I did say it a couple of times. I said, you know, if you do this, as soon as I get a picture, you're done. You can go eat right? your arrowroot cookies. I try to distract kids and not use um, but any kinds the, of bribes or anything. Like, I try to be like, okay. They're always trying to make funny faces in photos. I'm like, okay, funny face. So then they go, they make a funny face. And then I'm like, okay, serious face. And then they make a serious face. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay, smile. And then they smile. Like, just make it a game for them. I don't know. I just let them goof off at some point, And that seems Yeah, to you have to let kids be kids. Like, yeah. and you can't be a Nazi about it. You, you just, why not take advantage of it and actually try to get a decent photo of the kid being a goofball? Like, yeah, exactly. So having said all that. Wait, I have one more thing to say. So I whine about like all these whiny kids, right? <laughs> yes, you, I had you, a, you are a whiny kid. Yeah, go uh, ahead. I am. I am for sure. I am a whiny type, <laughs> which is probably why it bugs me so much. Because I'm like, no, there's no time for anyone else to whine. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so I had a meeting with one of my clients. We were going to the gallery to confirm a frame choice. Mm -hmm. And um, he said that his son was going to be with him. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> He's going to be so bored. <laughs> right. So I was like, okay, is he coming with you? Because if he's coming with you, I'm going to make sure that these guys don't talk for too long because they have a habit of just going on and on and on and on. And then you're in there for an hour and like you want to die kind of thing. Um, and he's like, oh, he's like generally curious and he's very patient. I was like, okay, all right, we'll go with it. So he gets there. He like shakes my hand and says, it's nice to meet you. I was like, That's oh, amazing. my goodness. <laughs> and then he just stood there and he like looked at stuff and he didn't say much. Um, but I at one point, like I had a, a framed photo, like a picture of a framed photo in mm -hmm. my phone of uh, reference uh, for a frame because we were getting one to compliment it. And it was a picture of him and I just sort of plopped it in front of him and he just kind of rolls his eyes and goes, oh, no. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. And the framer goes, what? And he goes, oh, it's a photo of me and it's so old. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, oh, my God, he's an 80-year-old in a child's body. That's hilarious. And then when he left, he shook my hand again, and he goes, it was nice to meet you. I was like, oh, oh, my gosh. Oh. So this is this is exactly what I was talking about. The kids are a product of their environment. Right. Um, again, it, they're, let the kids be kids, but just, like, there's going to be 90% of the people listening to this, they're, they're just going to be like, oh. Who the hell did these guys think they are? <laughs> they, they obviously don't don't have a lot of experience with kids. Hey, and man, I have experience with kids. I used to babysit my baby cousins. And yeah. <laughs> nice. I've changed diapers. Don't give me that shit. But I know about myself that I can only be around kids for so long before I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I need some quiet time now. Like, right. <laughs> you know? I hear you. I'm picking up what, what you're putting down. That being said, I don't, I'm kind of disappointed I haven't met Mia yet because it would appear that if you plop a baby in my lap, it falls asleep. Oh. And I just find that freaking adorable. Uh, Mia's not really the falling asleep type. Oh, oh, she would be if I held on to her. <laughs> <laughs> Challenge accepted. Maybe if she was younger. I feel like she might be past that point. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, Trust she's me. still adorable, though. The, I saw her... What? You can't hold on to her. No. I saw her um, playing the piano. Yeah, she she's pretty pretty smart. <laughs> the, like, do you see how she comprehends that she has to hit the keys and make the sound yeah, and then yeah. change settings? And then she looks <laughs> yeah. at the camera and gives you the, the, the funniest face ever. <laughs> I've been listening to uh, Billy Joel, and I'm just like, when she's playing piano, I'm like, oh, my God. She's performing right now. Like she she's is. like <laughs> into no, it's, it. It's true. Like, and I'm, I mean, yes, I'm a proud parent and all, but I'm, I'm telling you because I was doing this from the very young, tender age of like one day. Yes. Uh, I, I, I wish I can say I played guitar for her every day, but almost every day I, that I'm able to i play guitar for her even for five minutes because her attention span kind of goes away but now when the guitar comes out she just drops everything she's doing she runs over or crawls over she gets herself up stands and tries to strum hmm. if i put her in my lap she tries to uh finger the fretboard and uh, <laughs> she copies me she's trying to do everything I, and then i let her play with the amplifier um <laughs> so she she can change the settings um I made a mistake of plugging into the big amp. Um, like we're talking amp that people use in arenas type thing. Yeah. You know? and, and you can, you can um, have it on a low volume and it sounds okay. But by letting her play with the knobs, I didn't really think about it. And she cranked it all like almost all the way. And the guitar I was using is a semi hollow guitar, which feed ba feeds back at high volumes. And it just started feeding back so much that I literally threw down my $3,500 guitar, grabbed her, and like picked her up off the floor. This was all like a split second and turned the amp off and like carried her out of the room. And she was just like losing her mind because it was loud and it was a surprise. But that moment I felt like the shittiest parent in the world because I'm like, what did I let oh, her come do? come on. But this is like... This happens. Like, of you course. tell kids not to touch the burners, and then the kids 
touch mm. the burners. Doesn't Reference matter how many times you tell them not to touch the burners, it's gonna yeah. happen. So it's it's it just happens. Um yeah. so I went to the cottage over the weekend. Yeah, I was gonna say, what did you do? Did you see my Instagram? Um, you have Instagram? Yeah. Actually, if you go on my Instagram <laughs> now, I have created a little um highlight on my profile. Okay. On my ridiculously happy people profile. Okay. Um and it just shows some of the photos from <laughs> from the cottage. So my parents rent a place on Manitoulin Island every year. Mm-hmm. So I haven't been in years. So I went up for a few days and just relaxed. Like I checked email, but I didn't answer any email. Okay. Um, and I read and I ate way too much food and I drank probably way too much wine and I swam. And by that, I mean, I floated <laughs> <laughs> like at one point we were literally in the water and my mom is like <laughs> dog paddling past me <laughs> and I'm just sitting there on a pool noodle <laughs> not moving any limbs and she's like what are you doing i'm like i'm relaxing <laughs> leave me alone i'm supposed to be relaxed but i the first day i went down to the water and i was dipping my toes in so i'm on the dock dipping my toes in take a picture post it to instagram get up yeah. walk to the edge of the dock where the steps are to get in and look over the edge and there's a flipping water snake on the steps uh, okay the conversation's oh. over yeah, and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm never swimming ever. <laughs> I ended up scaring it away after a while, and it those suckers are fast. Yeah, yeah. God, they're but, I, like, so to get to Manitoulin, you take the ferry over. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny, because it's a beautiful boat ride over. And on the way back, everyone's taking pictures of everything. So everyone's standing at the edge of the boat, and they're taking pictures, like, <laughs> like crazy of, like lighthouses and shorelines and i don't even know to be honest with you what they were taking photos yeah, of. No, no. <laughs> but like you want to talk about something specific today and i feel like that's the exact type of person okay. that you're referring to there were a few people on there with like slrs i'm referring I to a different person well, and, and i mean yeah let's just dive into it so here's how this started um, it was a conversation that, uh, this was a social media conversation. I think we can do most topics as social media conversations that I have, but uh, it was a friend of mine who does woodworking and What's he, what is it, Bubba? a woodworking, woodworking. What did you think I said? Boudoir King is what I heard. He is the boudoir <laughs> King. I, I won't, um, yeah. Uh, I, I won't just leave that out. He definitely is the boudoir King, but, um. Uh, is he, he a photographer? No, he's a woodworker. Oh. He's he's not he doesn't shoot boudoir. He's he's in boudoir. He's the king. Is he like the manoir type? Like has he done like Doudoir, the it's a proper way to say that. Doudoir. I don't know, manoir sounds a lot more pleasant. It sounds like I you're saying like... man of war to me. It sounds French. That's yeah. all I think. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, we're going to confuse people. So all of that was a joke, except the woodworking part. Anyways, he's making these boxes for this individual. Okay. Um, they're gift boxes, and th- they're going to put a USB drive in there, probably. Oh, now this box man. is okay. this this box is the size of like mm, 
it's let's say eight and a half by 11 and about four inches tall. Like, you know, a ream of paper you can buy at Staples or whatever, uh, like five, 500 sheets of paper that it's about that big or, okay. or, or maybe slightly smaller. I've never seen USB drives that big, but whatever. There's other shit that goes in there, I'm sure. <clears throat> and besides the fact that this isn't a fresh idea, I think it's a waste of time and a waste of money. Mm-hmm. But if the type of client you're attracting is a client who wants this box, then fine. I'm not going to criticize that. I'm not going to criticize that at all. Um, do what you do. And it's really cool that you're getting a local artisan to make you the boxes. And so uh, there was a conversation uh, on social media and uh, this this individual just said, hey, I'm back in the shop doing things. And um, the person he's making these boxes for said like, hey, stop slacking off and get back to work, so to speak. Because like, what are, you, what are you taking pictures for? And um, his reply was, shouldn't you be editing till 2 a.m. or something? And she replied at like, touche, LOL, true, right? And it, and it brought back memories of me talking to other photographers and who were always like, no, I can't really go out tonight. I got to edit and I'll probably be up till 2 a.m. and I got to work in the morning. All right, all right. So back then I kind of thought this is normal. Well, this is just what you do, right? You edit till 2 a.m. That You have a job, so that's what, that's all you can do. And it made me realize that we do things, well, we learn from other people, right? I just didn't, I just didn't want to go into my first tidbit. So I'll, I'll, I'll scratch off and I'll rewind and I'll, and I'll say it differently. Um, any, any task you undertake is, it's very difficult if you've never done it before to just get into it and do it, Right. So you immerse yourself, uh, you surround yourself with uh, people who do the same thing and you learn from them and you do what they do, especially if you consider them to be successful, etc. And so I feel like this individual at some point or at, at the current point is just following what the trend is doing. So oh, everybody's doing these gift boxes, so I'm going to do these gift boxes. Um, oh, everybody edits till 2 a.m., so I'm going to edit till 2 a.m. Well... This whole thing just makes me, make, makes my blood boil a little bit. Because first of all, you and I, we had a, we had a, an entire episode in the, in the first, I want to say 10, 15 episodes about um, doing this for a long, long term and what you have to do in order to do this long term. And one of them was taking care of yourself because, you know, if you don't take care of yourself, then you're, you're you're going to burn out, you're going to wear out, and you're going to get jaded, and you're going to hate this. And the the 2 a.m. editing sessions make me ask one simple question. What the fuck did you do for the first three to four weeks that you have to stay up till 2 a.m. to get these photos edited and out to the client? Or have you been staying up till 2 a.m. for the last two, three weeks, however long, editing one freaking session? What seriously, I want to know if you are a 2 a.m. editor, write in and tell me what is on your mind that you're doing this. Like, what do you think it is, Sophia? I don't know. I've never done that, to be honest with you. You're a, you're a different breed of person because you're like, oh, it's 9 p.m. I'm in bed. See yeah. ya. <laughs> I'm like, I'm already in bed. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, that, I don't know if I know anybody else that's like that, which I kind of admire that. Um, but you're also up early 
and you're getting shit done. Yeah, I guess it really depends on when you work the best. So, mm-hmm. yeah, sure, if you're the type of person who works best in the middle of the night, have at it. But <coughs> you're going to run into some serious issues at some point where, you know, you're not sleeping and you're exhausted. Because I don't know, as I get people telling me I only need five hours of sleep, like all the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe it. These are the people who are going, going, going all the time. And mm-hmm. they are also exhausted all the time. And they're cranky. And I don't know. It's like they're treading it, water. It, it is a fact. Human body can sustain life on five hours of sleep. But certain parts of your body will shut down. Yeah. Uh, your organs won't work 100%. And that's how you get sick. And what happens is inflammation takes over your body. And you die. <laughs> no. Sorry. Well, oh my god, that was awful. I shouldn't have laughed at that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a fact of life. We know we know what kills people. We know, but we don't do anything about it. That's the funny part. So, yeah. um, what what really bothers me about it is that you are struggling to be a kick-ass photographer or a business person, but photographer because in this case, let's say, if you if you decided to undertake something else, you're not really staying up till two a.m. Um, but it's very common with photographers, especially people who have started out, uh, recently and they now have a handful of clients and they're just having a hard time managing them. So it, it, the first point is there's a fine line at some point you have to realize where this fine line is between you doing photography as a hobby and doing it as a business. Hobby is where you do it because you can, you've done it, you love it, and you do it after work, and then you tell people, you know what, I'll get, I'll get these to you when, I'm, when I have time, and they, they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool, it's your hobby. You're doing it as a business when you have a brand that you're advertising, that you're branding your shit with, that you're creating handmade artisan uh, USB drive boxes, and... At this point, you've now become a business. You've now become a machine. You're marketing yourself as such. You owe, you're charging a premium to have people hire you and photograph you. And and when I say you, dear person who may be possibly listening, that who who I'm using as an example, I'm not attacking you. I'm just using you as an example because you've brought brought up an interesting topic for me to rant about. I yeah so. I find it kind of funny because the people that you're talking about are also the people who probably charge about 200 to $800 to photograph a wedding. No, no, no. The, the people I'm talking about charge thousands. The, the two, pe- the 2 a.m. Yes. People they charge full time job. Yes. They're charging on, the and, going and, rate. Oh, that's not what's going on around here. Well, I know. And, Around and you're, here, these you're people in, are charging like 800 bucks max for a wedding. But I don't really think they're staying up till 2 a.m. either. Oh, they I don't, are. Are they? Okay. So so that's <laughs> their inability to edit a wedding. That That's, they just, they need to stay up till 2 a.m. Because it's, that that was something I mentioned earlier. Is it really taking you three weeks of staying up till 2 a.m.? Well, some of the people I know wouldn't start. They, they would have a life. So they would go to work, come home at 5, 5.30 relax, eat dinner with their partner or family or husband or wife or whatever, um, chill, watch TV, whatever. When their partner would go to bed at 11 o'clock, let's say, they would then get on the computer and edit. 
if you are charging thousands of dollars and you're doing this, stop. You're mm-hmm. you're making all of us look bad. It's a fact. If you're charging thousands of dollars, you should be able to afford to quit your job and just market market yourself as a business. That's I know what I'm saying is I don't think that they're making that much. Well, they are. Oh, Sophia, there's this world is just full of <laughs> shit you don't know. <laughs> um, being in the position that I was at the college, uh, talking to a lot of people, keeping in touch with them, and um, even having clients who print with me. This is this is an ongoing thing. It's an epidemic of 2 a.m. editing sesh. Oh, no, I get the 2 a.m. editing sessions, but you know that people fib a little bit about how much money they're making at what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. I do know. But I also know that if, you know, if, if I follow you on Instagram and I know you've shot 20 weddings this year and I see your price list, even if you're discounting it, 20 weddings at $3,000, that's $60,000 of, you know, that you're that you're billing out if you can't take okay and we, we talked about taxes last week if you can't take a quarter of that and put it put it away for taxes mm-hmm. if you can't take half of that and put it towards expenses and then come out still making twenty thousand dollars for the year maybe you should rethink what you're doing because mm-hmm. um well, that's what I'm saying is there's something else going on here that... Well, I it, think it's mismanagement of funds. If I was if I was bringing in $60,000 from shooting weddings and working a full-time job and had to do both of those things, I would be outsourcing my editing. There's oh, no yeah. way I would be staying up until 2 a.m. editing weddings. That's well, insane. That, that's, that's, the, that's the obvious answer. Outsource your shit. Like... And, and people will say that the stupidest stuff to me. They're like, well, but I just don't trust. And excuse me. It doesn't matter. Who if the you hell trust do you think not. you are? It does not matter because <laughs> you're going, you keep your files. So you don't have to worry about that. You just mm-hmm. send them the files and then you work on how you want them to edit it. Like they'll go through test runs with you before they actually oh, start absolutely. editing stuff for you. So, and again, you keep the files. So if anything goes wrong, you still have the photos. So my <laughs> so you advice... can stay up to 2 a.m. editing them. Go ahead. Yeah. My advice on outsourcing would be like hire a reputable person, a, a <laughs> reputable company. Don't wow. outsource it. What's that? Well, that might be a little hard for some <laughs> people, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Don't outsource it to uh, uh, another person who edits weddings, whose style you like, who's already staying up till 2 a.m. Yeah. The, the the problem I have with staying up till 2 a.m. is that you, you're really kind of shit in the bed when it comes to quality. Like, I don't care how good you are. Yeah. Just think if you weren't tired and you weren't editing at 2 a.m., how much better you'd be. You know, um, you should uh, consider the fact that your eyes are tired and... Um, unless you light up your area consistently every night or every day, um, your, your editing style is going to be inconsistent. And I've, I've offered people, uh, like I talked to Hannah and I said, you know, like, would you want to stay home? Um, and if you did stay home, like with, with Mia and future children, um, would you want to edit a little bit on the side, whatever? Like we, we talked about possible side hustles and Mm -hmm. she said yeah i'd edit you know she's but she said they better like my style and i'm like well they wouldn't hire you unless they like your style Mm -hmm. and she goes and they better be okay with getting it back the next day (laughs) like (laughs) trust me they don't they nobody cares when they get it back 
It's the fact that they get her back edited. And she she sits down and edits the whole thing in one run. And like I'm talking about 2,000 files in front of her. She calls it down to, you know, the ones that there's not a number. We never call to a number. And side note, people, stop calling to a number. <laughs> stop promising your, your clients 400 photos or 500 photos. Stop even giving them minimum photos. Like, for yeah, the I love of think- God. I don't the, think people edit down to 400 photos. I think that people, when they promise photos, they promise like a thousand photos. What are you wedding, talking about? Horrifying. You're, yeah, I know. In your area or you've seen, I've never oh, seen I've this. seen lots of that. Oh, that's, that's ridiculous. And people saying all the photos, giving all the photos. Yes, yeah. it is ridiculous. Well, I, the, the, these aren't the people I'm talking about. I'm talking about... <laughs> somebody who has packages and you, you know you go to a bridal show and you i am talking you, about people who have no. packages petro god, yes god damn it <laughs> that's insane isn't it it's beyond insane you know how many photos you need from a wedding like 200 one <laughs> <laughs> how many photos do your parents have from their wedding oh not many right? but we're past that point we're to the point where people expect to have all of the photos so that's, <laughs> I'm, they want my, every I'm rubbing single my minute little detail of their wedding day document. Yeah. But they won't hire a videographer, right? So that's what I tell people. I'm like, if you want a lot of uh, coverage, hire a video guy to, to follow you and do everything. Um, because I say, I photograph for the book. And that's my excuse. Yeah. Um, there's there's 10 hour weddings I've delivered 230 files from. Mm-hmm. And, um, I call mine down as much as I possibly can. So when somebody asks me, how many photos do I get? I tell the, I I say all of them. I do say all of them (laughs) and they go, Whoa, all of them. Like how many is that? I said, well, however many tell the story. So like you give us every single one. No, you don't get every single one. You just get all the photos that I pick out. I won't hold any back. You get all of them. I'm not going to give you just half of your photos. I'm not going to give confusing. you, it is confusing, but I, I make them think about it. I'm like, I'm going to give you the photos that I shoot. So you want me, um, to start at your ceremony. You want me to do some family photos for you, which is a waste of time. If you ask me, mm-hmm. um, you want me to do a creative photo shoot with you and you want me to, t- to capture a couple of details at the, at the reception. So that's a five, six hour commitment. Um, throw a first dance in there or whatever i don't know like how many different things you're going to be talking about but you know there's six seven things going on so let's say i get half a dozen photos from each thing you'll you might have a hundred you might have more and quite often something comes up and and they go the other photographer and sometimes the people will take out a price list um his his three thousand dollar package has 400 photos (laughs) And I go, well, do you want my, my, if you want, I will just take the hundred photos that I'm promising you and make three copies of each. So you'll have 400, you know, do you want the same photo four times? Cause if that's what you want, hire him. If you, yeah, I just showed you my book and I yeah. just showed you stuff. Were you happy? Like, do you, and, and I never have to go this deep into it, you know, but I, I always show my last wedding and I'm all, I always show, 
<coughs> uh, see, this is what I want edited. It could just sneaks up on me and, and punches me in the throat. Um, I always, I always show them the last wedding I photograph. Like could be, could be the day before, could be the weekend before, whatever. And I show them, you know, twelve hundred to two thousand photos, and I go through them. I say, this is this is how many photos we get at the wedding, and they they get excited. And then I hit the filter, and it filters down to let's say two hundred and thirty. And I said, and here's the photos you'd get. So we'd go through them just kind of quickly. I said, here's this, this, this. And I, and I tell people, by the way, these aren't edited yet. And they go, what? I'm like, yep, these aren't, these have not been edited. This is, you're looking at raw files. They're like, wow, beautiful, cool. Okay, high five. And when I go through the 200, like it, it, it takes about two minutes. I said, what do you guys think? Does it tell a story? They go, yeah, it's, it's great. It's beautiful. How many was that? I said, that, that was 230, for example. And they go, wow, yeah, you, you don't really need a lot of photos. I said, you don't. And I said, how many of those are you going to print um, or planning to print? And they go, well, maybe we'll print some for parents. We'll probably just do an album. And then I said, do you want all of those photos in an album? Like, would you? And they're like, well, probably not. We said, exactly. <laughs> well, and, they and think the they do. They think they do. I have had clients pick out 200 photos for their album. And I'm like, eh, you're not going to like this. I don't and then they're like, them. well, we want it. And then I send them a proof and they're like, fuck. Yeah, this looks stupid. <laughs> like, and, this looks stupid. This looks stupid. <laughs> and, and I mean, uh, everybody's different and everybody would do things differently, right? This is what works for me. And... I do it because that's that's the product that I'm selling. That's the product that I've created and it's the product that I'm selling. And there's only going to be a certain type of client that wants my product. When people call me uh, word of mouth, most of the time they've seen me perform already. When I, I say perform because let's face it, I fucking hate photographing weddings and not being myself, but you have to kind of put on a, a, a certain persona because um, I really do want to grab some people in the wedding party and be like, listen, I'm going to smack the shit out of you if yeah. you don't start behaving. Um, so they've seen me, they've seen me photograph at a wedding. They've seen the photos delivered to their friends or whatever. So they, when they call me, they're just like, we want to hire you. We don't even care. Um, and 90% of the time, I think what it is is just who I am at a wedding. Um, they just, they laugh, they enjoy themselves. They, they take the direction. Um, when we have two hours to do a creative shoot, we're done in an hour and 20 minutes. And I just tell them, go relax. Like it's your wedding. Do you really want to just keep shooting all day? And they think that I'm the coolest guy in the world because I just did my job in less time than I said it would take. And they really do get to relax on their wedding day. And so I feel like these two AMers, when they get the two hour window to do creatives, they take the two hours and then they drive back for 20 minutes and then they make the bride and groom late for their own wedding. And they end up with thousands of thousands of photos and it, it, they stay up till 2 a.m. editing them. But it still doesn't take you until 2 a.m. to edit those photos. It shouldn't. But so so what's happening is um, I'm, I've am i did a little bit of digging and I've it's not so apparent lately, but photographers in this area anyways, uh, who I follow or who I've searched out, have taken a picture of like 
their computer and a coffee mm-hmm. and a hard drive and memory cards. And they're like, another late night editing session completed. Time for bed or something. You know, like some some stupid shit like that. Um, and so guess who follows these people? People who are starting out themselves. Yeah. So they're like, oh, well, that's what I have to do. This is what's expected of me. Every single time, I guarantee you. So there's there's a flaw in this and there's this this episode has zero structure to it it's literally me ranting um and i don't want it to be that what I, what i want is i want you to observe what i observe um i am observing that young people up and coming photographers business people they're not taking the time to learn the business and learn exactly what they have to do and sort of create a business plan I guarantee you that 99% of the people who start a photography business do not have a business plan. Their plan is get clients, photograph them, make money. Mm-hmm. But they don't have a roadmap of how they're going to do things. And I, I would like to think that's where we come in. <coughs> but reality is that none of them are actually listening to us. <laughs> right. So... <laughs> Um, cause they have other people they follow on Instagram and that's who they're learning from. So I'd say there's two ways of kind of curb this and it all comes down to confidence. It really does come down to confidence. Building confidence is going to be very difficult, but you need to get yourself out and network with other photographers, take some criticism from them, <laughs> let them tell you what from their perspective, what works, what doesn't work. Um, talk to some people who have, you know, if you have family or friends who have hired wedding photographers, talk to them what they liked about their wedding photographer or didn't like about their wedding photographer. Talk to them what, you know, what they liked about their photos. And I've done this in preparation. Guess what was the number one thing everybody told me that they didn't like about their wedding photography? I don't know. I want you to guess. Nope. What is it? No idea. No idea. How long it took to get the photos back? <laughs> yep. Um, four months, six months. Oh, that's bad. Still waiting. Huh? When was your wedding? Is this to get the proofs? Y- yeah. That's awful. Um, well, see, the people they've hired don't do proofs. They just give them the finished photos, the edited photos. Oh, that's awful. Um, one was um dress code the the person said i don't i didn't like what what she wore she wore um like raggedy shorts <laughs> apparently the, this oh, this wow. person's photographer wore black black shorts this that were like, raggedy this and is when you meet people in person well before you have them photograph your flipping wedding when somebody gets recommended because they're good, you don't always really care. So when you meet somebody. You should. Yeah, if but, you care, if wardrobe matters to you, then meet them in person. Well, let me ask you. Do you wear what you meet people? Do you wear the same clothes you meet people with in to the wedding? No, but you can kind of expect that if I'm wearing nice jeans to a, to a meeting that I'm not going to be wearing raggedy shorts to a wedding. I hope so. Like, my wardrobe isn't going to go backwards. So they, they said that she looked really good. 
mm-hmm. but her full length leg tattoo with her regular shorts didn't really uh, match the wedding um, attire, you know. So. Well, if you have specific wedding attire and you have expectations of your guests and you're sending in your invitations what they should <coughs> be wearing, then you should be communicating that no, to your No, it's not it's not that. Well. It's it's not that. It's when everybody's wearing a suit and a formal <clears throat> kind of attire, she stuck out like a sore thumb apparently. Yeah. So you had expectations of what your photographer wears. So you need to communicate that to your photographer. But hmm? no, nope. yes. But think about this. Mm-hmm. When when you go, do you ever go to a wedding and not dress up? Yes. Terrible. I wear a suit to every wedding I photograph, pretty much. I don't. We've already talked about this. Well, I'll I don't wear care. jeans and a nice shirt. Even if it's a even if it's a beach wedding where the groom's wearing shorts and bare feet and like a linen shirt i'll still well okay unless it's like a ridiculously hot day i won't necessarily wear the full suit but i but wear that's a suit not i don't know why you're arguing with me that's not what this photographer was wearing i know this photographer was wearing raggedy shorts <laughs> i get that you wear a suit now and let me ask you i dress appropriately do for you go wedding. to weddings but do you go to weddings as a guest not very often. Not very but often. I but dress very differently. Do you? You but you don't dress down. Like you, you still put on your better clothes. Like yes. Yeah. Well, and another suggestion to people: you should not have bad clothes. If you have bad clothes, no, throw them out. Go get good clothes. Well, I wear them at home. Even that, I've, I've, I had, I had a drawer full of like older T-shirts that maybe it had a hole in it or maybe it was worn. If it wasn't wearable, I threw it out. If it was wearable, but, you know, it was like a a printed tee and the stuff's cracked. I either donated it or, or got rid of it. Because I, I have a new philosophy on this. And, and uh, regardless, that, I'm not going to get into that. That's a well, different Well, that topic. stuff just sort of stuns me with mm-hmm. photographers or people in visual fields. How are you wearing shitty ass clothes, but then creating like well, dynamic, here's, here's the thing. elegant Re- photos? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it's, it, yeah, it, 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 it's, you can't, you can't really assume that because you're in a creative visual field, that you're going to be a fashion icon, you know? No, but you have a sense of style, so you can look in the mirror and know Hopefully. whether what you're wearing looks good or not. But but all of that is geographical and it, it, another topic for another day. Literally, it's I can I can get into it for for a really long time. So wait, what's the point you were trying to make about the wardrobe? <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm trying to I'm I'm fighting like a coughing fit right now. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> so so that's when I asked people. What did about, you say? How long they wait to get the photos? Yeah. The, the number one sure. complaint was uh, how long it's taken to get the photos. Yeah. The second complaint, or the only complaint that wasn't that, was I didn't like what the photographer was wearing. And the guy was like, oh, I didn't really care. And she's like, yeah, because she's, she was hot. <laughs> you know? Uh, one of those situations. It was, it was interesting. It was funny. Like, they, they're, they're a good couple. They were, they were really funny about it. But, and he's like, yeah, but that's not the point. He's like, she, she looked good. She looked stylish. And it's true. Like, when, when, when I say raggedy shorts, I just mean 
she this is the the bride's comment raggedy because um they weren't hemmed they were kind of like torn at yeah. the bottom um and they had um so here's my point about that that's style and i totally get that some photographers dress mm-hmm. like that that photographer would have dressed like that at a meeting i didn't that didn't even cross my mind to ask that literally didn't cross like so if that's like the serious style that that's a serious style choice that photographer yeah. would have dressed similarly at a meeting so and i get that this is a um a podcast for the business owners and not the clients, but the clients need to meet people in person. And probably photographers need to do this as well. Meet people in person, talk to them over Skype. So they get to know you so that you know that you're the right photographer for them and that you're not going to get this complaint later on about what you're flipping wearing. The other thing is you can ask your clients if they have an expectation of what you wear. I have had clients say, yeah, no open-toed shoes. Okay. Okay. Was it like on a, on a job site that you did this? <laughs> it was a golf course. <laughs> oh, golf course there writing. you go. Right? So that's another thing. Oh, you just totally added to the story, the, the part that I forgot. This wedding oh. was also at a golf course. Mm-hmm. So that was but- the bigger issue. But the photographer that wears stuff like that doesn't care where well, they're shooting. That's the groom, their style. The and said, it she looks doesn't good. play golf. She doesn't have a membership. It's not like yeah. she knew. Yeah. But, but regardless. It's, it's her it, style. That's how she dresses. And she might look good like that. But yeah, people need to communicate a little bit better. So, well, and that would be the same thing with getting photos back late or <laughs> six months later. That being said, I have an album that I just sent like the second revision to them. Mm-hmm. From last August. <clears throat> Are they the slowpokes? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> that's fine. And uh, I asked that. Um, I said, what's what's taking so long? They're like, we don't know. We, we've we emailed the photographer. Yeah. Oh, this is one couple saying. Yeah, there is said, a well, very big difference between people getting back to you late with their pics. And these people have their proofs and they've been able to download their photos. So... Mm-hmm. They have their photos. But yeah, I've heard about photographers just completely disappearing. And that's what happens when you don't have a plan or don't have a schedule or don't have a set rhythm, a.k.a. workflow. I think Um, that's what happens when you have too many 2 a.m. editing sessions. Absolutely. You start procrastinating and then you don't get the photos back. And I just delivered a wedding that I think probably took me like two hours to edit really Mm -hmm. um and i got an email back from the father of the groom saying these are awesome i'm gonna recommend you to everyone i was like oh cool (laughs) well i'm i'm questioning what you're editing not you personally are you printing (laughs) shh I did print a shipping label because it was open and I'm like, I better do this before I forget. Yeah. So that so, I can also close this and focus on the podcast. Well, yeah. So my editing probably looks a little bit different from other people's editing because mm-hmm. especially the people who are delivering just a USB stick of photos because I color correct photos for their <coughs> proofs, but I'm delivering prints. So I deliver the proofs. I don't like manipulate the photos other than color i don't 
pull them into Photoshop. I literally edit in Lightroom. So I have like, I look at all the thumbnails, I delete the ones where people are blinking. Um, I basically call it down that way. And then I go through <clears throat> and in the library window in Lightroom, I make all of my edits to the proofs. Like I very rarely go in and edit individual photos. Um, and then I upload the proofs. So yeah. <laughs> okay. I are I don't think any of our weddings make it to Photoshop. No, I I don't pull them into Photoshop unless someone has specific requests. And this album that I'm about to deliver, I think there's like one photo that I took into Photoshop because the bride's face was a little wacky mm -hmm. and she was like, "Eh." I was like, "Oh, I can fix it, don't worry." So I just mm -hmm. Photoshop a head from another photo onto that head. <laughs> That's fine. It takes like five minutes. Yeah. I don't understand what people are doing in Photoshop until 2 a.m. Although I suspect that a lot of it is procrastination and then anxiety and then dicking around on Facebook instead of actually Absolutely. editing photos. Absolutely. If you're posting, if you're making a post at 1.30 a.m. that you're staying up editing till 2 a.m., yeah. you're not editing. <laughs> and by the way, we should probably say that you and I have both done this and I have for sure procrastinated and delivered weddings late. I, not I, at all saying that we are perfect. I deliver weddings, every single wedding late based on my schedule because yeah. I want to deliver the wedding on, on Monday. Oh, <clears> so, <gotcha>. so Tuesday <laughs> it's late. Um, I tell people this will take four to six weeks. They get it in two to four. Um, yeah. If I can't get it done in three to four, then, yeah. I, then I, I'm like, I'm still okay. Four to six. I'm, now, I don't, I stop doing teasers and all that. Because if I'm, if I'm sitting down and opening your files, I might as well just get them done. So to me, that, that was a waste of time. So instead, what I do now is just kind of, when Hannah can get to it is when they get edited. Um, and it could usually take two weeks. Not a big deal. Nobody's losing their mind over it. I tell them, like, you want quality photos? You got to wait. The actual editing process doesn't take long. And then, yeah. you know, we upload them. They get their stuff. Um, the next question that comes to us is when do I get my proof book if they ordered a proof book or album when they order your album? And I tell them the proof book's been ordered. Give it two, three weeks to be complete. And we just drop ship. I don't even see it when it comes in. Um, so when, when people talk to me about like, oh, don't you want to inspect it? And I'm like, well, here's the thing. I'd rather my client get it faster than if I get it inspected and something wrong with it. So if they get it and there's something wrong with it, they'll tell me. And, True. you know, if it's a broken spine or uh, greasy fingerprints uh, at, at the customs, whatever, which I've had, by the way, I've had customs open my package, go through the albums, get greasy fingerprints all over the albums, pack it back up and ship it to the client. And meh, we just replace them. No big deal. So um, that was the only thing ever. And we stopped dealing with this company who was using um, DHL to ship their stuff. Um, we just stopped dealing with them. So we no longer offer premium Italian handcrafted albums. Oh, right. Yeah. And nobody works. gives a shit. Nobody cares. My albums are made in China and they're beautiful. And um, I've heard from other photographers that they don't last. Um, 
because they have samples that they're like, yeah, after six months, my sample fell apart. And I just say, well, you know what? that's being handled a little bit differently. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, just whatever. Like if I give people a lifetime satisfaction guarantee. So if they come back to me and they need another album, then so be it. But so far, nobody ever. And um, so like I said, album gets drop, sh- drop shipped. I don't even see it. Um, all I know is that when they get it, they call me on e- or email me and they lose their shit how awesome it is. And that's it. Yeah. So at some point you have to kind of look at your business as a machine and you have to be able to let go. At the end of the day, this, this whole episode is about letting go. So let go and grow a pair, get some confidence. Um, you, you, you need confidence. Sorry, grow a pair. Well, you know what I mean? Um, just be confident that you've edited this photo to death. You know, not every photo needs editing, quote unquote, editing. You don't need to sit there and play with every single slider. Look at the photo and be like, yeah. Oh shit. It's too dark. Maybe just maybe since all of these photos are way too dark and my last 20 weddings have been exactly the same where these photos have just been way too dark. Maybe I need to do something about the way I capture these images. Yeah. Oh, I read the manual and look at that. I've been underexposing by two stops every single wedding. Um, I've second shot for dozens of people in the last 10 years. And at some point I end up with their camera, you know, because they're leading the show. So they'll be like, okay, let me grab this camera or whatever. And I check the settings. And Sophia, if I had a dollar for every time when I looked at the settings where I could have made a suggestion like, you know, you really shouldn't be underexposing. <laughs> like, you know, you know the compensation wheel where you can. Mm-hmm. I've had somebody who had four stops under. Like, they literally just cranked it all the way to the left, so their camera was underexposing by four stops. And I bet you they did that by accident. Absolutely, they didn't know, and so mm-hmm. they're shooting manual, and they're like, "Yeah, and I can't shoot oh, aperture priority no. because no. when I shoot aperture priority, it it's way too dark." Look, click. And, I, and I'm like, well, what's your settings? You know, like, here's, okay, well, our settings are the same. So let's say, you know, like F4 at 200 of a second at ISO 800. And I would take the same photo and mine would be well lit, properly exposed. And theirs is dark. I'm like, well, what's different? Do I need to send my camera in? I'm like, no, you literally need to read your manual. Just like know what your camera does. I grabbed your camera. I spun the wheel back to zero. I said, now take a picture. On aperture priority, she does. And she's like, what? How long have I been doing this? I'm like, well, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know everything. Well, thankfully, I I use that wheel pretty regularly, so. Mm -hmm. Well, just so familiarize. Okay, let's make a little list. Familiarize yourself with your tools. Um, Yes, they are tools. That's all they are. They're not friends or family or little toys or puppets. They're your tools. So familiarize yourself so that you know, so you become an expert. Uh, So the other thing about that is in Lightroom, so in the library um, section, like in Lightroom, you can sync settings across multiple photos. But in the Mm -hmm. library section, you can look at thumbnails and then adjust um, color and lighting for multiple Mm -hmm. photos at the same time. So if I have a string of photos that are underexposed, I can just bump up 
um, exposure on all, all of, of those them. photos all at once and then see all of them change, which is super convenient. So that's how I edit my weddings. I don't like go in and individually look at every photo. I go Honestly, in and like, change groups command, of photos. Command A on mm-hmm. a Mac or Control A, yeah. I think, on a, yeah. and, and hit, hit the auto button and walk away. Because yeah. I, I bet it'll get you 99% to where you need to be. Usually, yeah, I get that. Usually I don't like the uh, the white balance that, the mm-hmm. automatic white balance that Lightroom gives me, but yeah. You, do you like your photos a little warmer or a little cooler? Usually a little warmer. Yeah. But mm. usually Lightroom makes it like really yellow. Yes. I don't know why, but it, really, really yellow. It could be your display. They might While you're printing them. Yeah. yeah. Are I you am. changing them a lot when you're printing them? Sometimes. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> and not and, and not a lot. I, I do it's funny. Um most printers, if you send your file to, they just print it and if you if you look at it and you're like, this looks like shit, they just say, Well, that's your problem. Um <laughs> Well yeah, like I print with other companies as well and they're coming back fine. So I how see my monitor's okay. Fucking dare you. I know, right? Printing with other companies. Well, you don't do albums, so no. suck it up. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to do albums at this point. Um, maybe down the road we'll do something. No. But yeah. I, I, it's not even on the horizon. I, I just want to do one thing very, very well. You know, uh, Like Steam Whistle. Steam Whistle Pilsner. Now available in cans. <laughs> I also drank beer on the weekend. What? What? I know. I'd rather be drinking beer at 2 a.m. than editing. <laughs> that was two weeks ago. What, drinking beer or editing? Beer at 2 a.m. Okay. Okay, good times. Yeah. How how were you not a zombie? Like, uh... uh... I didn't drink that much, so we were playing ball, and everyone's like, let's go to the Harb, which is a super terrible bar here. Yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> so I was like... Uh, no, I'm going to bed. So like my friend and I came back here. Everyone was staying at my place. We dropped them off at the harb. We came back here. We had a drink and watch TV. And then I went to bed. (laughs) And the next morning, the rest of them were like, cannot function. The one guy's running the bases and gets to third. And he's like, I feel like I'm going to throw up. I was like, yeah. Beautiful. Genius. So I'm glad you brought that up because... Anybody you tell that story to, they'd be like, yeah, that's exactly what happens. Well, what do you think happens when you stay up till 2 a.m. to your everyday life editing, right? Like, oh, yes, you, yes, you really sure. kind of screw yourself in the bum. Yep. Um, How are you not tired the next day? Well, they're tired. They just go through, you know, and maybe they're doing this on the weekend, not not weekdays. Oh, maybe they're great. Yeah, I'm going to spend my weekend staying up until 2 a.m. editing photos. That sounds delightful. You know, we don't, we don't work on, on weekends. Like, I don't edit yep, on Saturdays I. or Sundays. I'll do stuff that, like, I'm motivated to do. Well, if... if so, assuming that you do this because it's fun <laughs> um, and you're having fun, to grab your your laptop on the weekend and go through the photos whatever if if you like doing that yeah if you love doing means, that that's one yeah. thing yeah you know or we shoot weddings on weekends so i can't really complain about that but true um i've i i saw joe busink about 12 years ago and um the man changed my life i mean i give him a huge big giant hug at the end of the of his um whatever it was really but 
uh, I stayed behind. We talked, we chatted, we, we, we didn't become best buddies or anything, but, um, really had a good heart to heart with him. And I actually kind of said to him, like, man, you saved my life. Like you really did. And it, <laughs> it was funny to watch a tear roll down his eyes because I'm, I'm serious. Because uh, he, he got in his mind, he got through to somebody and why, why I said you saved my life is because up until that point, I was the person who was following and copying and just doing what I thought needed to be done. I was like, well, this is what my clients expect me to do because three other photographers I know are doing that. And after seeing him and let me put this into perspective, Joe shoots at that time, he shot exclusively film for his clients. He would shoot digitally for himself and for some clients, but it was like people hired him to shoot film. And, um, maybe it was 10 years ago, uh, between 2006 and, and 2008. So, you know, you, you know, the timeline at that point, I didn't even own a film camera. Everybody was digital. So for his digital work that he did do, he did, he did some stuff digitally, like I said, like for specific clients or whatever, he used iPhoto and half of the people there were like, uh, excuse me, do you know that Lightroom does this, this, and this, um, you should really use Photoshop because blah, 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 blah. And he looked at them and he's like, guys, I get, I got paid. Like. I used iPhoto and I got paid. Like, I'm not worried about it. I know iPhoto and it comes free with my computer. <laughs> That's what blew my mind. I was like, what? This guy's attitude is awesome. I love it. Like it really honestly opened up my mind. Um, then just how he shot everything, how he did everything. It was like, he's speaking my language. I'm really connecting with him. I really understand what this man is saying. And at that point, I decided that if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this on my own terms. And it wasn't until that moment when I said, I'm going to do this on my own terms, that I actually started really enjoying photographing weddings. Because I realized that I am a guest at a wedding. The bride and groom chose me to attend their wedding as a guest. And on top of that, they're paying me money to do my job. How cool is that? So since I really enjoy going to weddings as a guest, I'm really going to enjoy going to work now. Um, and that's where I adopted the, you know, wearing a suit to all the weddings and things like that. So now, you know, um, and a lot of other things in between too, but in the grand scheme of things, I didn't want this to take over my life. I didn't, I, as much as I really wanted it not to become just a job, it did. Cause you can do something for a really long time. You kind of get jaded a little bit, I guess. But at the end of the day, photography is a job. It's, it's my career. It's what I do. I don't want it to be my life. Um, until this day, so Mia's, Mia is 13 months old today. She has not been photographed with an SLR. <laughs> it's it's going to make people laugh. So, and I bet some, somebody probably dropped their coffee right now. Like, what? Bad parenting. 
Um, but if you follow Hannah's Instagram or um, seen me post any photos, you will see that um, they look okay. They look better than good enough, right? Like, I mean, the iPhone is pretty awesome at this time. And yep. it takes wicked photos. Like, it's a great camera. Even you recently shared our family portrait um, of me and Tank and Mia and Hannah um, just kind of like laying down. And I, I think I also sent you one where we were standing up. I'm not sure if I did or not. But we were in Stratford at a park and we literally just put the phone on a picnic table <laughs> and walked into a spot, put it on the timer and done. Like... The phone has a lot of capabilities and then Hannah just quickly edited it on the phone. Like we have these memories to cherish. We're not printing all these photos. We, we print one or two, but they're still better than good enough. They're, they're excellent photos in my mm -hmm. opinion. So, you know, learn why you do things, learn what makes you do what, le learn what makes you tick and, and try to pursue that. Stop following other people. Like I'm contradicting myself because I'm saying, follow my advice and my advice is don't follow other people's advice, but follow my advice and don't copy people, people's shitty habits. You know, I'm giving you advice. They're not giving you advice. They're just giving you a roadmap to the, the back of Walmart. All right. <laughs> to the dumpster where you're going to have to go find food because, you know, you lose your job because you can't perform because you stayed up till 2 a.m. <laughs> um, but I think we kind of, murdered this topic to to death and you know like uh, my, my goal is is to to draw a perspective to to draw a picture for you to look at things and to actually um kind of sit back and analyze what you do maybe maybe you're doing things that don't need to be done maybe you're overdoing things you know gain the confidence that will allow you to be as efficient as possible um because at the end of the day, I, I have time to uh, record this podcast. I have time to run and basically from ground up, run and develop, a develop and run a side business um, for which I printed a shipping label earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, so I am kind of lying because I'm multitasking here and there. But uh, <laughs> um, I, I do that because I want to do that. The last thing I want to do is I want... I, I don't want photography to become something that I dread. Yeah, exactly. Right? So on that um, note. Yeah, that being said, I have to get to a phone call in two I minutes. was just going to say. <laughs> you know. Um, anything else you want to add? Nope. All right. Well, I had, I had a great time. Me too. All right, ciao. <laughs> Bye. You've been listening to Double Exposure Show. Thanks to Benjamin Edward for our aardvark, Ben Sound for our theme music, and thank you for sharing this episode with a friend. Don't forget to join us in the Double Exposure Show group on Facebook, and if you like what you've heard, please leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Until next time. Get to work. Get to work.